Welcome everyone, my name is Damien John and this is Massage Therapy Now in partnership with the Registered Massage Therapists Association of BC. Today I am interviewing a guest from the far reaches of our province, well at least far for me, not far for her. She lives at the edge of everything in the beautiful green of Haida Gwaii and she was born and raised there left the island to train to become a registered massage therapist and went back to her home and is now been working there for many years. Today we're going to discuss things like working in rural and remote areas, but also how do we bring culture into our work? Do we bring culture into our work? Is it our place to do so? And how do we do so if we do that? We have a long-time friendship and we both are First Nations peoples in the province of BC, so we have that connecting us as well. And we've been, gosh, we've been friends for 10 plus years now, Kim, something like yeah, that. Long time. Yeah. My guest today is Kim Gotzinger. Is there anything you'd like to say to intro yourself before we get deep into discussion, Kim? Yeah, uh, so good afternoon, everybody. Good afternoon, Damien. Gedet Gutzlius is my Haida name. Jacqueline Kim Godzinger is my English name. I'm a registered massage therapist. I graduated in 2007 and I've uh, been a practicing massage therapist here on Haida Gwaii in particular in the community of Skidigit and uh, offering services to the surrounding communities and did some outreach uh, in different communities at different times. And, uh, yeah, I'm just really excited to do this. I'm glad you're doing this, Damien. You're a real natural at this. Mm, thank you. Yeah, it's our second time around. The first time the, <laughs> the technology beat us. <laughs> <laughs> We, uh... yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> yep. so, so hopefully fingers crossed this time around we have the even better show for all of you and the one that got lost to the ether got lost to the ether for a reason <laughs> yeah yeah i think i think that's a good way to do it so technology one and we're ready for a, a comeback yeah <laughs> round two, <laughs> two. um mm -hmm. yeah i am of the joth eagle clan or kalanis uh Eagle Clan. I wear a five-fin sea monster. My um, hereditary chief is Gus Lai, uh, Lonnie Chief L Lonnie Young, and my uh, matriarch, our matriarch, is uh, Awas, or Dokindias is her name, which is uh, Pat Gilliman, and she she is the leader of our clan. Mm. And it's a sunny day here on Haida Gwaii, and yeah. I just wondered if you wanted to open with a an earth pair, Damien, with all that's going on. We wanted to send our mm -hmm. love and strength to everybody, in particular those First Nations RMTs and past RMTs, and then those who are speaking up for the earth on a continual basis. Yeah, let's do it. Do you have um, one in, in your... Yeah, I do. It's from okay. this Skidigit Haida Immersion Program. It's the Earth Prayer. I really enjoy it. I use it mm. a lot. And uh, yeah, yeah, let's just, open with the prayer. How I'll, I'll just uh, take a moment to think about those who have gone before us. We've had uh, over 24 uh, passings in our community in the last year. So we are feeling it on every level. And traditionally, we stop what we're doing and take a moment of silence. 
there was just a passing in our community last night and I'd like to send the strength and love out to uh, those of Sandra June's uh, family. Um, her spouse had passed, I think it was mm-hmm. last night. So let's take a moment and then I'll go into the prayer. Hawa sonong eat chaidegas, a hyat sing ice gaudigi dunk ah with killaga. Hide a tlukalk ice gohant ut up and deeda. Hide a tlukalk ice gohangan yakidangai, wagi kirhiganga. Wagina sing hide a good gun yakudangai, wagi kirhiganga. Sonong eat chaidegas, tlukalk. Aiskuhan, nice to like you to can me. As he wild hands got ye done to kill laga. Hawa, creator, I thank you for today. People spoil the world of native land, and people should respect the whole world. And then again, all people should have respect for each other. Creator, I'm asking you to heal the whole world, and for this, I thank you. Hawa. Hmm. Yeah, beautiful. Oh, uh, those of us for the elders at uh, the Skidigat Haida Immersion Program, they do a wonderful job. They've got great resources. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so I visited Haida Gwaii a bunch of years ago and stayed with you and your mm-hmm. family. And it's very obvious when you travel there that the culture is a very strong aspect of, of very to varying degrees with different people in the community and yourself Kim you've always moved in those in those frequencies and brought it into your life as long as I've known you and you're always uh, bringing different things to the gatherings that we do together so your your culture is really your Haida culture is really really important part of your life and your identity and I'm curious as to how and if it shows up in your registered massage therapy practice mm-hmm. well I just think um, the strength that I get from practicing my culture and just being surrounded by it and our matriarchal system system um i think that alone just gives me because you do need to have a lot of internal strength i believe to be a massage therapist mm-hmm. it's uh yeah it can be a taxing work hey you know what it's like yeah and um just that patience and calmness around ceremony i mean ideally i think when you're when you're starting something you whether it's a celebration or a memorial, you know, we start with gathering together and gathering our strength and calling on the ancestors if needed or um, feeding the ancestors. Mm -hmm. So those types of things get you ready and start. And then you often, you know, say a prayer, which is a lot of exhale, hey, and just anything to bring that sympathetic nervous system down. If there's Mm -hmm. 600 of you having a dinner or, or a song, which uh, also helps to bring that sympathetic nervous system down with the exhaling that happens. And so I, I think those, those parts would definitely come into the, that internal strength 
Yeah. And then that connection between the earth and the sky, that place where we sort of float around. I think that's how high as often are we are. <laughs> yeah. We're we're right there anyway, right? Most most First Nations are. Not that can be quite a, a healing place. I think the Chinese Chinese medicine calls that between heaven and earth too. Right. That. Because you not quite awake, not quite sleeping. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have a. I mean, you have a very modern mindset when it comes to your practice. You bring modern thoughts and processes and and research into how you work you have a clinic that is the last one i saw was pretty modern looking it it didn't have any it wasn't like anybody was going in there and they would go oh this is very different if you weren't a haida person and so you're speaking of bringing the culture in in a bunch of ways that are prepping you and helping you land some of the various traumas and pains that you encounter with different patients and Mm -hmm. uh, those types of things. Um, And so that's a really beautifully nuanced way to bring culture into, into our practice. And maybe many of us who identify with particular ethnic backgrounds do some version of that do you bring it in in any visibly physical way into your practice uh, or is it quite quite uh, subtle like you're talking about it's pretty subtle and only because we have those bylaws from the college of massage therapists right Mm -hmm. they're pretty prescriptive and when you get through rattray on how to set up your clinic it's quite prescriptive Mm -hmm. of you know not having candles or not saying that candles would be the end all be all but there was specifics in there about you know making it not look too romantic and um in professional development we talked about the need to um uh, just be welcoming to the masses Mm -hmm. essentially and so so you're working in Haida Gwaii, you're working in Skidigit, you have clients that are First Nations clients, you have a clinic that's really close to your home. Do you find then that with that clientele in particular, you react and treat them differently? Do you treat them the same? Is there some variance? What uh, what shows up there? Well, well, everybody is, is treated uh, the same by, you know, mm-hmm. presentation and going through the chart and, you know, putting in their, their file and that stuff is, is, is very much the same. And, um, you know, the local, my, my, uh, my people from Skidigit would um, probably not want to do all that paperwork. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know, and sometimes I, um, I will do it after if it's you know an elderly person sure. that just doesn't want to have the patience to. What I do see is is people want to get on the table now and just and you do what you need to do, Kim. Whatever you know, and I'll do my mm-hmm. thing, and and they're gone before the treatments even started. You know, and so I mean, yeah. there's lots of people who are like that, not just uh, First Nations, but. I think it would be nice if I could incorporate a little bit of like the feeding the ancestors or have an elder there to do a, a blessing or if they wished or, you know, right. 
or like the ocean contrast baths after i think that would be that would be ideal to incorporate in but i have yet to maybe that's something down the road when i get my Mm -hmm. hydrotherapy all set up and the lazo therapy but Uh yeah yeah so if there it's it sounds like there are some things that you might incorporate if there was more room for for such things and so this begs the question is there room for improvement for bringing in and allowing a certain cultural affect into your room and with particular clients who may feel more comfortable with that do you think there should be more conversation with say the college around letting that breathe a little more i think so i mean there's a whole movement especially in skidigat and old Masset in particular that our the health centers are reaching out to alternative health care i mean they've been very supportive the skidigat health center the Heidegger de Lung Society has been so supportive of me, um, mm. you know, as far as I can go, but they've been uh, really pressing to have, um, you know, and they, they call them healers and they advertise them as healers and they have healing sessions here. And uh, with, because they've got a little extra uh, wiggle room with the FNHA transfer right, um, to local looking after their own health care. So you know, if the college was a little more open that way, we probably could work in there too. Right. The local. And I think the piece of it is something like in ancient cultures, in cultures, there's in the parts that have stayed alive, stayed alive through all of the horror of colonization and residential school and the, the pieces of culture and health culture that have stayed alive they have wisdoms in them that kept people well in places like Haidegui for time immemorial. And so it's bringing value back to that idea or to those ideas and allowing people to really flourish in, in those pieces of their ethnicity that are really important. Do you think that there could be more education around how that is important to individuals like yourself as far as bringing that to your health practice yeah there is educating the college and educating the various factions that don't Mm -hmm. understand necessarily that piece of it yeah you know there's always that question of is there research of that we need research of that well there was lots of research right it just wasn't Uh on paper it was recorded orally. Yeah, I agree. All the traditions, all the ceremony. Like I, you know what it's like in your massage therapy room. It's ceremony right at the door. Mm-hmm. It would just be so nice to just have that support of the college to say, yeah, you know, I'm sure they probably would, but I'm just too chicken. To, I'm not chicken, <laughs> but I just don't want to, you know, yeah. Yeah, I don't have time right now. And yeah. <laughs> I don't have time right now to like start writing out resolutions and sure. rally us all together. And stuff. But we are, we're rallying now. We, we've got some uh, support with the RMTVC. So I want to give a shout out to Gordon McDonald for pulling us back together. You and I and uh, Vlad and Harriet um, were all key members in the very first uh, First Nations professional practice group. It's an advisory council now. Yeah, it's now it's now switched to the, yeah. the 
RMTBC advisory, First Nations Advisory Council. So we we could get this on our agenda. And that's kind of funny how that even happened, hey, because in our first uh, podcast, our trial run, that's what we were talking about. Mm-hmm. It'd be good if we could pull together and, you know, head on down to the CMT. And... <laughs> Uh, let them know nicely what uh, we're trying to do as First Nations therapists sure, and, and get some support. But um, you, you, you were really instrumental in sort of knocking on the door and saying, what are you guys up to for cultural sensitivity? Which a question that had been needed to be asked a long time ago. Hey? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a really, it's a really big conversation because I know in the world of medicine and massage therapy in this case there's a lot of push towards research and a lot of push towards westernized mindset and it's all good I mean it's really useful and it gets things away from anecdote and those types of ideas Mm. but by the same token it really pushes a particular style of thought in medicine and it's not the only one there are many many wisdom traditions in the world and one of the things that i take a little bit of offense to not always but certainly sometimes is we start to call it woo 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 stuff and yeah i mean when you're working with things that are not able to be researched they can be pretty woo woo and from the outside they can look really yeah really strange and unusual and I do think there is a you know there is a time and a place and for everything and maybe being a registered therapist means that we can't bring those things in but by the same token we still need to have the conversations we still need to have some version of say hey I see you over there this individual who loves their culture and ethnicity and old traditions. And I I want to hear what you have to say about that thing. And that hasn't happened yet, I don't think, on very many levels. No, I don't, I don't think it has. And it would be nice to, I think it would probably be better starting from the colleges themselves. Mm-hmm. Start incorporating it in, in that sense, you know, in the curriculum and then moving. It probably, it probably is a small chunk of it, but. Yeah. It's been a while since we've been in school. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) What's going on now? But yeah. Let's switch gears a little bit because, well, not switch gears, but let's talk about you being rural and remote as well because you live in a community that's quite small. You live Mm -hmm. hours and hours away from any large center. It's difficult for you Mm -hmm. to get places to train and to learn and to keep educated as far as going and doing things in places like Vancouver with all of the world's best X, Y, and Z type therapists. What sort of problems have you encountered being rural and remote and how have you maintained a practice for so long? And would you call yourself successful? And if you do, then how have you gotten there? A bunch of questions. Yeah, so that's a few questions. So, um, yeah, I am definitely out there. And the first part is how am I making it? Well, it's super tough. It's a conversation I have with myself every every week. Can I afford to be a massage therapist? Mm. You know, it's just a common thing. And I, I check into it. And there's all lumps and bumps of life that get in your way if you have an injury or you cut your finger and stuff like that. That kind of stuff happens. 
but for the majority of it, it's, can you afford to, you know, be this far away when you have to still have all the credentials, everything that's needed from the college and, you know, have your insurance and have your credits and whatnot. But I guess the obstacles are one, it's isolating. So you have to be good with that. Like when there's a storm of 140 kilometer (laughs) winds that don't stop, you definitely feel like you're on an island in the middle of nowhere, even if you've lived here for a long time. Uh Like I've peeked my head out the door and went, you know what? Nobody can come for us, even if they needed, even if we needed them (laughs) right now. So when you live here, you're very careful, right? You just be very careful and Uh just don't have that luxury of, I think I'm going to hike up the mountain today because you can't tell the storm blows over. And so that isolation plus we work one-on-one with people, which can feel really isolating. So it's nice to be in a, in a setting. I've had a chiropractor part of my practice for several years. Not that I saw him. He was there when I wasn't. It was just another person to chit chat about, you know, work and the space that, that kind of helped. But I, uh, you know, it is isolating working one-on-one with somebody because there's no one else in the room too. So I think culturally it'd be great if those sessions, and I don't know if any patients would be open to it, but just open those sessions up for other people to witness what's going on. I think that would be cool in a, mm. in a ceremonial session. Like we've got a, a performance house and I, I think it would be great to, to have the culture wound right in and do mm-hmm. these sessions that people can witness. I thought of it several times and I even found people who were willing to do it, but I just was a little too not quite ready. I mean, we do that at the, you know, the Times Colonist run. Everybody's massaging people out in the open. People can right. check it out and see how it is. So yeah. I just like to have a little more cultural hue to that. And the other thing mm-hmm. is uh, just getting those credits, Damien. It's, uh, you know, it can be $3,000 by the time you get to Vancouver and back, minimum, mm-hmm. you know. The flight doesn't land on Saturday, so you have to stay an extra day. You have to stay <laughs> yeah. in a hotel in Vancouver. And yeah. last time I wanted to get to a course down there, I think the hotel was four hundred dollars a night. I like who can pull that off? Like if if you want to get to those mass courses, yeah, you know everything that's listed on the the site there. Um, it's it's costly like i've gone to victoria but that's because i have friends to stay with there but it's an extra jaunt on the flight to get there and is it going to line up by the time the flight leaves from here and mm-hmm. you know some people land in paris by the time we land in vancouver <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that kind of stuff is is tough and do i consider myself successful i'm getting there i have a lot of patience and I've had some really great opportunities, like working with the elders. I had a contract, which I think I'd love to get it again, because that was really a good part of keeping my head above water, was popping in and working with the elders every Tuesday. Mm-hmm. It, it got cut back to every, um, every twice a month. Um, and then it was cut right out because of finances, which was, which wasn't very good, but for myself, but obviously they got to do what they got to do. They were wonderful. So this, that's getting at health center, Heineke, a Heidegger lung society really was instrumental in forward thinking and saying, Hey, let's have the massage therapist massage our elders. And it was great connections. And so that part was really great. I mean, that's what I wished for to come home and work work directly with my people and help out Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and it sounds yeah like you've made the best of being remote, working at home. I imagine one of the things you deal with too is everybody kind of knows your business. Like everybody knows everybody, and by the time you know something, five other people know it already. It's (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. So it must come with its own unique challenges being a person who has to keep, you know, an ethical boundary around various things. Like it's uh, being a health practitioner from a place that you grew up in that's small. I I imagine that also uh, comes into play. Like you have to be really professional. Exactly. Uh Yeah. And I've been in a political position and I, I feel that it, it did hurt my business for a little while. Oh, yeah. Some of the decisions that were made around saving the culture, I, I did go through a tough time there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I get that. And thankfully, you know, I'm not a person to drink. I haven't drank for, well, long time, long, long time. I decided to quit right long before I got pregnant with my daughter. And um, thankful that I'm not, you know, when you don't drink, you don't get invited to all the, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the fun events. <laughs> <laughs> which is good you know but uh, yeah it helps with the keeping the really, professional yeah, yeah yeah you have to really limit your your time and then you run into your your patients everywhere and mm-hmm. but this little community has been so great that way you know it's 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 wonderful the doctors had put a letter in our local newspaper saying do you mind just i think the gist of their their letter was do you mind just leaving us alone while we're out walking on the trail has, uh, it's, it's really hard to talk about somebody's right. health issues when we're trying to do self-care. And I kind of laughed at it. I was like, wow, geez. you know, there was a time I worked for the ferry, BC Ferry years ago. And when I wasn't at work, people were like, is the ferry in? You know, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we uh, we've been partying for a few days. We don't know what's going on with the ferry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's so why I had a good chuckle about with the with the doctors asking kindly to, you know, not not diagnose it over the produce department, but mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. that's just part and parcel with living in a small town. Sure. So Would my you... daughter quote, "Oh, go ahead." No, no, that's good. Would you? recommend a person try working in a rural and remote community this will be a two-part question would you recommend a person work in a rural and remote community and would you would it differ if that person had grown up there or not i think in the in the case as a massage therapist i think it i don't know if it would matter it's Mm -hmm. such a great profession and everyone is so well trained when they come out i think it would be I think you might have extra benefits if you if you lived here. People know you and they're comfortable with you. But there's a, a double edge to that. Maybe they know you and they didn't like you, and so they don't you know, don't want knew, right. knew exactly what you were like when you were a kid, and you know don't believe that you could get straight A's on your report card. And, right, right. You know, or or do really well at what you're doing because they remember what you were like when you were in grade eight. You know, like, uh-huh. <laughs> so there could be that. I don't know, uh-huh. but. But I think everybody should try it. That you know, this is the place where people could come and do case, uh, case work, case study work, as well as their clinic, the practicum. Hey, send send people out to all the rural and remote areas and help support the massage therapists that are there and let them 
because you see all sorts of things. In Vic- Victoria, when I was in the clinic there, it seemed like I saw pretty much the same group of of people and injuries, you know, people who run and, you know, pretty basic soft tissue injuries, except for the clinics that they had, you know, the Alzheimer and musculo. Oh, geez, I can't remember what that one was. Oh, it's been a while. Or the pregnancy <laughs> clinic. Yeah, you know, those had some pretty interesting aspects to them. But when you come to a small community, you just see everything. Right. Everything from overuse injuries, from re- reeling in your halibut to uh, severe head injury, head trauma from logging or fishing or just it, it's a wide variety all the time. Right. Yeah, lots of time you're quite a bit more expert than anybody else in your vicinity. So I imagine people are asking you questions and looking to you as a professional health person, health, yeah, as a health professional. Yeah, sometimes your first aid, hey, mm-hmm. just what happens. I'm the only one open and something happens. And right. Yeah, it's quite, quite funny what, yeah. what can come in. It's, it, it's wonderful. And thankfully, I have, you know, a little bit of first aid and, and know where to send people. So. Have you ever had anybody come in with their dog or something? <laughs> like, my, <laughs> my dog hurt his shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but you know, a whole family comes in one time because somebody's hurt or yeah, right. um, really strange, you know, yeah, strange injuries that just are out of the scope of massage therapy. And like, you know, I'll, I'll uh, call an ambulance for you right now. How about I right. do that? But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my dog, <laughs> that'd be funny. I have a lot of fish scale. <laughs> I do have a lot of fish scales on my uh on my massage table in the in the spring and summer and oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, fruit needles stuck in there in the fall so uh-huh. <laughs> unique to a fishing environment day <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> seal up the table seal up the the marks on the table nicely with those those fish scales so. <laughs> they do come off but it takes a while yeah. <laughs> they're sanitized fish scales <laughs> A unique massage experience. <laughs> but I always thought, you know, it'd be so great. We have the, you know, hot springs down in, in Guayanas in our protected area at the Guayanas National Park Reserve and Haida Heritage Site. And mm-hmm. uh, it'd be so great to incorporate a, something there. I often thought of having a course there, but of course, people mm-hmm. would have to pay to come and sure. put something that was funded or whatever, you know, just. And you can incorporate the ocean cleansing and right it's so beautiful there any kind of inventive health like you're talking about workshop would be one of the most beautiful ones you could ever experience the fresh air and the ocean air yeah and i've not been to those hot springs but i imagine they're pretty stunning oh they're great well if you come up this summer you have to come we'll go Mm. okay definitely let's put that in our book because awesome something that needs to be explored but Uh so being surrounded by nature all the time is just something that everybody should experience I think that brings a lot into my clinic like I just walk go to work I'm right here the whales are you know my clinic one time I had the window open and the whales were breaching and blowing you could just hear them there the wind is blowing Uh I mean, you just doesn't get any better. You don't need the uh, CD that has that goofy <laughs> <Yeah>. eagle <laughs> in the uh, 
<laughs> it just comes from outside. <laughs> the one that you put on repeat and get tired yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. The one that was in the clinic at the at the at the college that we uh, went to. Yeah, and yeah. I played over and over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't think <laughs> I can listen to Enya for the rest of my life because oh, of the clinic. <laughs> yeah, the clinic was a cafe. We uh yeah. we actually went in there and swapped the cds on our last day we were so um, tired of it we just everyone put their own their own cd in and we uh we went out to nora jones <laughs> oh yeah nice i'm planning on interviewing some students and i'll get some of their their current takes i imagine that topic will come up the repetitive music <laughs> the other thing about Haida Gwaii is it's got lots of lots of massage therapists um mm-hmm. Why do you think that is? It's and and one of the things we found out when we were doing the First Nations professional practice group was there seemed to be quite a few Haida RMTs who uh, represented way higher than any other nation in the province. And I was curious as to why you thought that might be as well. Do you have any ideas? Yeah. Um, well, I think we said was it. And that we were reported in that we're First Nations, something like that, yeah, something like that. And then, so we have out of the ten, there are six that are that are Haida. Yeah. So there is. A, I'll give a shout out to all the the Haida <laughs> uh, RMPs. So there's Asa, which is uh, Rich, um, um, Mitch Richardson's uh, daughter. And the granddaughter of um, Telgiadat, Betty Richardson. And there is Tanya uh, Wick, who is the granddaughter of Niswan, so Harvey and Jorah Williams. And then there's myself. And then there's Vlad, who uh-huh. is the little brother to, um, oh, geez, I forgot his older brother's name. Um, what he has um, brothers up in old masset and then there's ebony bellis who's from old masset and then there's samantha jones who's the granddaughter of um herb jones so that's six so you don't have according to our practice group we don't you don't have a very good chance of being a massage therapist if you're first nations but you do if you're hide and i don't know why that is um there's just a lot of strength um there's often i heard there's a healing energy that is here mm-hmm. i don't know plus maybe just an old practice that comes out uh it's cold and damp here so people feel stiff and sore for you know a good chunk of the year we're in in a in a damp wet well you had you experienced mm-hmm. it firsthand hey yeah. you feel achy and sore if your fascia is a little bit you know and it just feels good to have a massage, so I'm probably passed down. I wanted to look into that further to see historically, what, you know, there were some tools apparently that people used and rocks, right. sort of similar to what the, the quote-unquote trigger point therapy tools. Also, there's a history of body work on the island too, even in modern times, is there not? And so then That's right. yeah. maybe a bunch of people get exposed to it or more uh, higher percentage of people get exposed yeah. to it than in, a, in any other that's how I got into it I was a kid and my older sister went to a 
a weekend workshop that her husband would not go with so she made me go this is the great thing about being the last born <laughs> hey you get exposed to all kinds of cool things right. way ahead of your time so my sister took me for a partner and, and there was a group of people at that time uh, who were doing weekend massage therapy course and it just was kind and safe and um, just a wonderful experience to have which got me thinking down the road and then my other sister uh, you know years down the road had hosted a Jin Shin Do practice here uh, training mm-hmm. and um, so I went to that and really connected with that and then eventually really injured myself just being a rough character jumping around the bar in high heels and jumped on my cousin and fell on him and he fell back on me we hit the wall and I knocked my pubic symphysis out and my low back was just toast and um, went through the whole medical system and you know back then I was well over 100 pounds smaller than I am now and they kept saying you need to lose weight which is a strange thing for me to hear as a at that age you know just Uh I'm 18, 19 or whatever, and and uh, did the the muscle relaxant therapy that they give you, the general practitioners will give you, and um, back then they even you know hung me up with the weights and stretched out my arms and my legs, which was horribly painful on my low back. Just all sorts of, however they you know, and I just went along with it because that's what you do, right? You go to the doctor and you're young, you don't know there's a whole bunch of other things, and someone had said you know, you should try massage therapy. And that's when I met Isabel McDonald and great shout out to her. And she got, got me going. And uh, those memories of those weekend courses, the body work was so, uh, came back so quickly and how wonderful that felt. And Mm. she, she fixed me up and uh, we became, she watched over me. I wanted to do massage therapy ever since I was a kid. For some reason, after that course, I wanted to be a truck driver and a massage therapist. So um, I pursued it, and uh, she followed me through school and and uh, kept checking in on me, and still to this day checks in on me and came up to check out my practice. And cool. Yeah, it was pretty neat. So yeah. I think I think we are very open to um, complementary healthcare here. Just because of our location, maybe. Uh-huh. I also challenge any other massage therapist out there listening or anybody else in any profession to be able to name 60% of their ethnic groups and their grandmothers like you just did. <laughs> 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 I, I think I can even tell you their dog's name, maybe. That's <laughs> That's definitely small community and First Nations community. That's a little bit of culture right there. <laughs> that is that is the culture, Damien. We yeah. you know that is we need to tell you who I am and what clan I'm from and mm-hmm. what uh, what lineage I'm from. That's just how we roll, hey. Yeah. For for business sake. So. Yeah, it's kind of cool. <laughs> it's like it's and it's just how how easily it shows up. I've always loved that. We're getting um, close to the amount of time that makes sense for a, a podcast. So I'm going to ask you one sort of final wrapping up question around the I, the ideas we've been discussing. So you've been a long time rural remote RMT. You are a woman who 
identifies quite strongly with her culture. You work in your community that you grew up in. Is there anything that you can think of that could be done to improve your abilities as a successful massage therapist in those capacities uh, from places like government or College of Massage Therapies or even the, the RMTBC, those types of places is is there something that comes to your mind or ideas that show up quite easily as you think about that well i, I think of um <clears throat> um partnerships mm. so that so that we don't get forgotten because we do tend to sit in that gray area of not quite being under northern health and not quite being you know out out there and i don't think we're we're not allowed to be called healers uh technically so somewhere to to keep partnerships going, like whether it's with the elder elder groups, the college continually looking for that, or the um, RMTVC finding places where we can fit in, and they're so good at that too. Mm-hmm. Of um, whether it's mental health or just for an example, um, there's a you know I've been learning the Haida language for a while. I'm very new to it, but I'm I'm learning how to read it and and speak it a little more and more every year. And um, I had an issue with saying a word, and it went back to an injury where I'd crashed on my bike when I was in uh, grade twelve, two weeks before I graduated, and fell on my chin and knocked my front tooth out, and obviously had a concussion, but nobody checked into that you know back then Uh you just dusted off and if you weren't bleeding out the eyes you're just you know (laughs) (laughs) get going kind of thing um so as a result I couldn't quite say this one word without spraying out my mouth and making this huge farting sound Uh and so I went into the speech pathologist uh, Garth and he noticed I was dropping my tongue down when I said certain words that started with an l and uh, so that just opened my mind to how we can partnership. And he just worked and worked with me and saying, you know, here's how you can exercise your tongue just as you would your body, right? You have a weak mm-hmm. glute need. It's going to affect you. It's going to affect your whole gait. Same with the tongue for learning the Haida language. So he had identified some areas that needed some work. And so that partnership, it just blew my mind like we should be working with dentists because you've been at the dentist, right? There'd be such a great connection there, especially now that First Nations communities are taking control of their own healthcare. Uh, you know what it's like to be sitting at a dentist for that long. You could have a massage therapist session at the end or even before, maybe if you're a bit nervous. Um, yeah, it'd make me want to go to the dentist. Yeah, exactly. Just to make sure that everything is working in your mouth when you're done, right? Like there's so many things like that those partnerships that I think would be key. And if the college could, you know, maybe take a look at those bylaws again and talk about cultural incorporation into the, the treatment room, that would be, that would be ideal. And also maybe a break on the people who've got to come from rural remote areas from such a far away to come and take those courses, mm. right? Like if there were some funding for that or funding for the, for the accommodations and the travel or one or the other we also talked about like last time we talked about how sometimes nurses and doctors when they work in northern communities get their um, student loans forgiven right 
you know, something like that would be super cool. We're so close to that because occupational therapists fall into that. Nurses, teachers, if they go and work in a community for three years, they're ninety nine point nine percent forgiven. But I'm still mm. paying mine off, Damien. <laughs> yeah, I finished paying mine off about four years ago, three paid, or four years ago. I paid one off. I'm still paying the other one off. So oh, that, yeah. Yeah. that would be ideal. So that's something we can do with the with the advisory group too i guess eh? Just mm-hmm. keep up those partnerships so that so that we don't get lost as we as we move forward yeah a couple of really good ideas just in terms of yeah those things if anybody else out there is thinking about those types of things or wants to explore them with yourself or with the rmtbc or with the first nations advisory group is there a way that they can get a hold of you Yes, I think we will um, maybe open up that Facebook profile again or get it onto the RMTVC's website. I think that might be the be- better way, hey. Uh-huh. And then what about you can... in particular? If anybody's interested in having a conversation with you, are you open to those types of things yep. and people getting a hold of you, Kim? Yep, call me anytime. I would <laughs> love that. Uh, 250-637-1685. Uh-huh. I would love to keep this conversation going. I'm open to, to helping out any right. way that I can. And we'll include an, an address, an email address that they could email you as well if that's another option to, to be in touch with you around or using the, the technology that uh, both of us oldies are not so good at. <laughs> Although I think we've got our, we got our heads around email. <laughs> <laughs> most of the time (laughs) yeah (laughs) the smoke signal might have to uh, come back (laughs) more reliable Uh, you always seem to know when i'm thinking about you though you always phone right when i'm trying to phone you so there is that intuitive uh, channel that we're on and we don't know about we don't talk about enough but that often happens to us we'll just be like Mm -hmm. oh where's damien and then we'll find each other yeah yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of i think we're gonna have another intuition conversation on the podcast at some point as well maybe get a few more ideas roll in with that one Mm -hmm. um is there anything you'd like to do as we close out kim is there anything you'd like to mention Mm -hmm. or say no i just wanted to send send love and strength out to everybody who's speaking up for the earth right now and then Everybody who speaks up for soft tissues, that's something that can't speak up for themselves. And we're giving the voice to our bodies that haven't been able to speak for many years, and in particular in First Nations uh, communities. Mm -hmm. And you and I did a great tour of some communities to really bring the good word of safe, kind, consensual touch to each other. And and they... Mm -hmm the benefits of that so and the privilege that we hold with that and how sacred it is it's just um mind-blowing to me i am uh, blessed absolutely blessed to be able to do this and i hope to continue to do it and um Uh and that's something that's not talked to often enough the sacredness of working with another being and being able to touch them in a kind and consensual and healing way i think is like you say it is a privilege and an honor to be able to do that type of work in the world and it is some of the 
best work a human being can do, in my opinion. So shout out to all the people who do this kind of work and who help each other and help our human community be well. I think as massage therapists, manual therapists, chiropractors, anybody who's in the field of touch for health, I think the path that these people have chosen to walk is a noble one. Mm. And I love talking with you, Kim. I'm so glad we got, uh, were able to arrange this again. I am crossing my fingers like crazy to make sure that <laughs> the recordings uh, happen. And I appreciate everybody out there listening. And if you have any questions or follow-ups, I will have info in the show notes around connecting with Kim Gotzinger and myself, Damien John. And until next time, be well and have a very fine week. In, in Haida, we don't say goodbye. We mm. say we'll see you again. So, mm. And everybody out there listening, we'll see you again. We'll see you again. Hawa. Hawa.